Um, and leads a church that has two campuses in Navan and in Dublin and he's also, uh, this guy is leading so much all over Ireland including an organisation called the Association of Related Churches, Ark Ireland that we're a part of, he serves God in so many ways I don't know where you get the energy Jamie I get tired even listening to everything you do so we look forward to hearing what God has put on Jamie's heart. Jamie. Amen. Thanks. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's good to be in the city of Cork. Yay. I was telling Dara before service, I don't know what it is about this church, but whenever I tell my kids, we're going to go to Cork. I mean, they just cannot wait. They've been like literally counting down the last 20 days. We're going to Cork, we're going to Cork, we're going to Cork. I don't know if it's the copious amounts of sugar uh, they've been given in kids' church. is possibly a large uh, part of it. Uh, but also just because you're such nice, wonderful, friendly people, they love coming uh, to this uh, church. And as Tom said, yes, we have four kids. We don't know what's happening. We haven't figured it out yet. Um, so if you know me, they can come and talk to me afterwards if we can stop this terrible thing. But you know what? We're growing the church any means possible. And when you ask me, is it six months? I just go, I don't know anymore. Well, how old are my kids? I just have kids. There's lots of them. Uh, I have to make sure every time I get in the car to a head count because, you know, invariably one always gets uh, left behind. So it's survival of the fittest right now uh, in our ho household. Uh, there's no time for quiet, introverted kids because they don't get fed and they get lost. Um, so we're just, uh, we're just doing life. And you know what? It's just good to be alive, isn't it? Yeah. If the one thing the last two years have done for us, it's, it's reminded us how precious and how sacred are the simple things. Yeah. A meal with family. Come on, be able to travel somewhere. Yeah. Be able to do church in person. Yeah. It's the simple things. I think in that, uh, there is a gift for us, especially those of us as people of uh, faith. Of course, I bring you greetings from our own church, Lighthouse Church, uh, as Tom mentioned. And I, I just want to say personally that I love this church. I love your leaders. And we feel a really strong affinity, connection in the spirit a kindred spirit, what God is doing here. We pray for you regularly. We pray for you especially because we know Tom is your leader and you need lots of prayer. And uh, after hearing him sing, my prayer levels have gone up. You gotta know, after, after hearing him sing today, I'm praying even harder uh, for you guys uh, in the future. But we love Tom and Denise and all the team here. And anytime I get the opportunity to come, uh, we just feel really, really privileged. I'm super excited. I think the last time I was here, you guys were doing baptisms as well. I don't know why that is, but sometimes, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Uh, maybe God has a word for some of you and needs to come for me about getting baptized. But uh, we just did baptisms a few weeks ago. Uh, and one of our locations meets in a nightclub. So here we were on a Saturday morning baptizing people in a nightclub. Let me tell you something. You know God is doing something in this nation when the church is baptizing people on a Saturday morning in a nightclub. Usually people are washed out Saturday morning nightclub for the wrong reasons. Uh, but in this case, it was for the glory of God. And all I can say is if you're one of those people right now in the room or online, you're thinking, man, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? Let me tell you something. Do it. You will not regret it. And in just in general, just giving your, your, your whole life to God. I mean, if, if, my, if my testimony is anything, it's just give everything to God and trust Him for the rest. Because here I am so many years later on this platform talking to you, not as someone who's better or special or more holy or more anointed, just as a follower of Jesus 
who many years ago was a young, young lad from Carlo, said yes to Jesus. Uh, and what he's done in my life, what he's doing is absolutely amazing. So it's a privilege uh, to be here. And I want to encourage you guys to get baptized. Okay, today what I really felt the Lord put in my heart to talk to you about is this word. The Irish word, clan, which means family. How amazing that that was mentioned so many times today. I guess God already prepared a way for us uh, today in terms of what I want to talk to you about. What's interesting with that word, clan, Irish, for family, is when you actually break it down to its definition, it literally means a group of people with a common objective, yeah? Because you know that Irish people, historically speaking, were a warrior people. We didn't sit around a fire singing hymns and saying, Kumbaya and watching the stars. We were a people on mission. Just a few weeks ago, I was speaking at a conference which Tom referenced, our conference, and I was talking about St. Patrick. You know him, right? And when St. Patrick was trying to break through into the Irish people with the good news of Jesus, he realized that the most peculiar verse was one of the most successful verses in convincing Irish people that Jesus was worth following. And it was that place in Scripture where it says the kingdom of God advances forcefully and aggressive people lay hold of it. And the Irish were all like, oh yeah, okay, that's my kind of gig. It's forced, it's aggressive, it's moving forward. It isn't some passive thing that just falls on our lap because there's something about our corporate identity as a people that, you know, we have this warrior spirit. We're a people on mission. We're a people, as I would say, uh, on purpose, of purpose, and for purpose. A group of people with a common objective. Now, the church essentially is a clan. It's a family, right? That's mentioned today. So we sing songs, we pray for each other, we serve each other, we sacrifice for each other, we give to and for each other. But the church is also a family on purpose for a purpose. And the mission of the church, as outlined in Mark 16 and Matthew 28, is that we would go into our world and make disciples, right? Yeah. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And, and of course, Jesus makes these incredible promises of how uh, he will be with us to the end of the age. That, that objective, that mission... That, that, that focus, that thing that's out in front of us can only be accomplished when we are a clan, when we are a family. So today I want to talk to you about health. I've entitled the message, Healthy is Happy. Say it with me. Healthy is Happy. And where the idea for this came from was a few months ago, we unfortunately had COVID. Uh, we had a run in with COVID-19. Uh, and I say we, I mean every single person in the house got it, my wife got it, or at the time, I think three-month-old baby got it, all the kids got it. Uh, and of course, at the beginning of it, I was the only one that didn't have it, you know? And me being me, thinking, listen, I eat my spuds, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I've had a Guinness or two in my lifetime, you know, I, I should rather be grand, you know? And, and my wife, being the great care that she is, she kept running around the house every hour, checking everyone's temperatures with a thermometer. And there's a, thom a thermometer that looks like this, and this thermometer is kind of cool because when you measure someone's temperature, there's three faces that appear. There's happy, which is green, there's not so happy, which is yellow, and there's very sad, which is red. And so my, my, we used to be doing something at home, washing dishes, and all of a sudden my wife would appear and go, beep! That's like you violated my privacy. Right? You had to ask my permission before you do these things. It was just constant. And of course, she kept, you know, measuring my temperature, and I kept being happy, 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 happy. And of course, I thought it was great. You know, oh yeah, you're all sick, and I'm grand. You know, and there you go. And uh, and then it was Saturday night, and I was debating what I should do in terms of you know plans for tomorrow at church, and how are we going to work all this, and quarantines, and all these things, and going online trying to figure out what's the official you know way of doing things today. You know, that's how it has been, the pandemic, isn't it? What's the official way today? And, uh, and then all of a sudden, around 8 o'clock, she's at me. And of course, lo and behold, it was a sad oh, 
face. I too had COVID-19. And by the grace of God, long story short, we're all well. But with our kids, what happened was they would ask us throughout the week and a half that we had the virus, is it, is it a happy face or a sad face? Is it a happy face or a sad face? It became synonymous in our house with our kids that a happy face meant we were healthy, but a sad face meant we weren't healthy. And it got me thinking that there is this correlation in our lives that we are intrinsically more happier when we are healthier. And when our health is taken away from us, when our health is threatened, whether it be spiritual, emotional, or physical, then it's very hard to be happy, isn't it? It's very hard to be happy when we're not healthy. And where this comes from is this place or this desire that we all share. And again, I don't know anything about most of you in this room, but I do know we all share this in common. And that is we want to grow. Like if you're living and breathing and sucking this fine cork air, it's because something in you desires to move forward, desires to grow. We want to get better. We want our lives to go forward. And the truth is that in our society, if, for example, you want to grow in physique or fitness, you can go to the gym. There's gyms, there's athletic clubs, there's sports teams. There's all sorts of ways, if you want to grow in your physical fitness, that you can get fit and strong. You can also grow in your mind. There's college and university and there's all sorts of courses and cookery schools and books. And thank God for Wikipedia, it saved our lives, right? I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can grow your mind. But what happens when it comes to your soul? Or even possibly more importantly, what happens when it comes to your spirit? Where do we go to grow in those areas? Because here's the truth, right? We're all mental. <laughs> no, just me? I, I, I think Ireland, the further south you travel, the more mental we get. You're possibly the most mental part of the nation down here. I thought we were bad in Carlo. Drive an hour and 20 minutes further south, and my goodness, what do you find? You find the beautiful county of Cork and the people therein. But we're all mental, not just in, in the funny Irish sense, but we're all mental beings. We all have a mental component. We all have, as was mentioned, a spiritual component. Would you agree with me that mental health matters? I think one of the things we're starting to realize in the Western world is that mental health and mental health issues are not a joke. It's not just something, ah, oh, sure, it'll keep you grand, should take a paracetamol, you'll be, be fine tomorrow. Like, mental health matters. And I know the pandemic has had a huge impact on people's bodies physically. The virus has affected people. Some of you maybe are still struggling with long COVID and recovery, and some people maybe have lost some people. That's a tragedy. But no one's talking about the fallout of what people are going through, have gone through, and will go through mentally as a result of this season. And the truth is that as the church, we should have part of the answer in this area. We have a word, we have a spirit, we have a Father in heaven who speaks not just to the physical realm that we live in, not just to the spirit man that lives within us, but speaks to our soul. Yeah. And the truth is this, is that we all need to be healthy. You know, your spouse needs you to be healthy, your kids need you to be healthy, your workplace needs you to be healthy, the church needs you to be healthy, society needs the church to be healthy. Because when the church is not healthy, that's when the funky stuff starts happening. But when a church is healthy, that's when the blessing of God comes on a city. Amen. And the most interesting thing happens when we are healthy, we're committed to health, and we're focused on health. Even when we're having conversations about health, healthy things grow healthy things. Yeah. Just by being healthy, we grow things. But of course, we don't grow things in a vacuum. For healthy things to grow healthy things, we need to be planted. Yeah. Healthy things need 
to be planted. And COVID has uprooted our lives in so many ways. But when it comes to the potential for our health, the potential for you know, us achieving in life as we prayed for this morning, the hopes and dreams of people, as it, as it, comes, as it pertains to those things, you know, the environment that we surround ourselves in is so important, right? Because we are only as good as the environment that we are in. You can have all the potential in the world, but if you're in the wrong environment, that potential will never be realized. Put it simply, our potential for improvement, growth, development, maturity is determined by the potency of our environment. Listen, who you surround yourselves with matters. What you do on a Sunday morning matters. You know, what you're listening to, what you're consuming, what you're reading, the voice that you're letting in. If you're watching the 6-1 every day, I pray for you in the name of Jesus. My, there was a day, let me tell you something, where the 6-1 was an Irish institution. That day needs to die in Jesus' name. Get your Bible out and start reading what God's saying about you, not the news reporter. My goodness, I'm surprised we're, we're still going in this country the way the news is. Uh, here. But the truth is this, is that we're so we're surrounded pervasively by all this negativity. And in Ireland right now, with the cultural moment that we live in, with this kind of postmodern, you know, post-Christian, post-post-post, post, whatever, you know, how many, how many posts are going to keep adding, you know, it's just not popular, it's not cool, it's not in to be a person of faith that believes in the Christian view of marriage, or the Christian view of morality, or our ethics around life and abortion, all these difficult conversations. It's not popular or easy to be someone who believes in these things. And so it's so easy as people of faith, with the seed of faith in our hearts, in our lives, with, a, with the dream of God on our lives, to be planted in the wrong places. And to wonder, why, why aren't I growing? Why are they seeing God move? Why are they seeing more things happen? Maybe it isn't that you're the issue. It's how and where you're planted. That's the issue. You see, we need to be careful of the environments that we plant ourselves in. And what I'm trying to say is this, is that when we're planted in Clon, when we're planted in church, when we're planted in a faith community, when we're planted in a, in a faith family, when we're planted, we become healthy. Healthy things grow healthy things. And healthy makes us happy. So here's the question I ask really quickly and answer with three points. What is the benefit of being planted in a church? So maybe you're here watching online and you're a skeptic, you're not a Christian, you're kind of trying to wonder what you feel. What's all this church thing about? Why do people go to church? Maybe you're someone who's hanging in there, you're once on fire for God, but you're not so much on fire right now. You're just kind of, you know, spinning the wheel, just keep going. Or maybe you're here and it's good for you to be reminded as to why this, what we're doing right now, is so important because it's more than a service. We got saved from that nonsense. I have to go to church and take the box. It's more than a service. It's more than because I have to. It's more than because what your man say about me or your one thinking about me, about me. It's so much more than that. And in this stormy season of pandemics and COVIDs and lockdowns, and I hate using that word, forgive me. In our church, we, we basically out, outlawed lockdown as a curse word. Do you know what I'm saying? And the word lockdown is as bad as all the other words you can think of. We don't hear that word ever again. But, but see the way, what are the benefits of being planted in a church? We're going to turn, of course, to God's word, the book of Psalms 92, verse 12 to 15. And we're going to look at what the psalmist said in response to this. He, the psalmist, the author of this particular Psalm 82, he's basically wrestling the tension of why do the wicked always seem to get ahead in life? Like here we are serving God, doing our best, loving God. Here 
here we are staying faithful, you know, holding the, the true and narrow, and it seems like everyone else is always getting ahead. Any, anyone relate? I mean, maybe for us it's not actually wicked people, but it's like, why, is it, why does it seem like COVID is winning this war? Why does it seem that the pandemic is, is more powerful than the church? Like, why does it seem that we're on the back foot? And so the, the, the psalmist wrestles with that question for the first couple of verses, and then in verse 12, he kind of turns a corner. And it's almost like he's speaking to himself. You ever had that moment where you just speak to yourself? Like where he's just so negative and so down and so confused and so anguished at heart. He just kind of metaphorically slaps himself in the face. Like, get your, get your stuff together. Because it's good for us, he says, to be planted in the house of God. It says in verse 12, The righteous, he says, will stay flourishing like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will stay fruitful in old age, amen, amen. and they will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. So three benefits, three reasons why I want you to think about today, recommitting your life to being planted in the family, in the clan, in the house of God. Number one is this. When we are planted, we will stay flourishing. We will stay flourishing. In fact, just throw a picture up there. I just saw it fast by. <laughs> you know, I, I do think it's interesting, the metaphor of palm tree. Because let's be honest. When we Irish people see a palm tree, we think of holidays. You know what I'm saying? We think of Spain. I mean, sunshine, palm trees. Look, there it is. I'm going to leave up there right now for a few seconds to remind you all that you're in Cork right now and not in Spain. But to make it even worse, we're all here right now and there are people we know in Spain. Lord bless those people. Lots of rain, lots of rain, Lord. Um, but you know what's so fascinating with the biblical use of pantry? It's more than just a tree that was in the area you know, that the psalmist would have lived in. Whenever you watch footage of like tsunamis or hurricanes in different parts of the world and, and you know when, when, when the weather gets up and the force of nature just to, to lift up entire buildings and sweep them away and roads and infrastructures and bridges just washed away or blown away by the wind and water after all the devastation settled what's the one thing that's always left standing no matter how severe the storm the palm tree the palm tree's ability to endure is incredible. Did you always be to notice? But what's also fascinating with the palm tree is the palm tree is one of the only trees, or the only tree, I can't remember exactly, which as it gets older, it gets more fruitful. It never stops producing fruit. And the older it gets, the more fruitful it becomes. See, the psalmist isn't, it isn't an accident. He said that when we're planted in club, when we're planted in church, we're like a palm tree. And we've go we're going through a storm. Now, whether the storm is past or just in the eye, no one knows. What we can know is this. God is a rock and he will not let us down. So the first benefit of being planted is that we stay flourishing. What's the English definition for the word flourishing? To flourish means we're thriving, prosperous, booming, successful, strong, vigorous, buoyant, productive, profitable, fruitful, lucrative, Growing, developing, progressing, improving, expanding, mushrooming, snowballing, ballooning, fast growing. And of course, my favorite one, going strong. Woo! Going strong. Come on. Think about your life for a second. Yeah, come on. Think about your life for a second. I mean, who 
doesn't want to be thriving, prosperous, booming, all these things? Who doesn't want to be going strong in this season? And the truth is, we all want this. We look at that list and go, oh, who, who, who doesn't want to be more lucrative, anybody? Come on. Who's saying a few more pounds in your pocket wouldn't go to, 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 to harm? You know, we all want this. But the problem is, we look at that list, we realize the opposite is so true in life. It's like, I want to be thriving, I want to be booming, mushrooming, whatever the heck that means, ballooning. You know, the right ways, you know what I'm saying? Not the physical ballooning, but you know what I mean? The, the spiritual uh, ballooning. But so often the opposite is true. And you know what? COVID-19 and the whole pandemic has been hit one of history's greatest times of upset, upheaval, and uprooting. In essence, it, it's, it's working against us in so many Ways. But when we're planted, despite the weather, despite the storm, despite what we're going through, the promise is this. The foundation is stronger than the storm. Amen. What we're connected to is stronger than what we're going through. Amen. Who we're connected to is stronger than what we're going through. Every single one of us today has this desire, this deep seated need for meaning, for purpose, for, you know, why am I here and who am I? What's my place on the earth? Like I said at the beginning, that, you know, I come from a place of really believing that God has created every single one of us, you, me, and everyone here, on purpose and for purpose. And God has created us for three things. Number one, He's created us for Himself. And that was mentioned today as well. God created us for His pleasure. God created us to be in communion, to have a family. Like, it is good for us to create mankind. And, and, you know, when God created man at the pinnacle of creation, it's the only time it was good. You know, the animals, the birds, good, 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 good. Created mankind. It is very good. Because all of a sudden we see, we see this, this community being formed between God and man. But God also created us for others, right? Not just family, but also for friends, for community, for church family. And God also creates for the world because we're called on mission to make an impact of the world that we live in. Now this, this may be new to us in the church, but it isn't new to mental health workers, and maybe you're here and you work in that area. But the discovery of meaning, we're told, has powerful benefits for our mental health. Believe it or not, it was Viktor Frankl, who is an Australian neurologist, a psychiatrist, and philosopher, who said, the quest for meaning is the key to mental health and human flourishing. What a statement, everybody. The key, for, the quest for it for meaning is the key to mental health and flourishing. What he's saying is that a part of us being healthy, or what season we're going through, is figuring out the, the answer to the question, why the heck am I here? Whose am I? Who am I? And usually, whose I am answers who I am, and then where I should be and who I should be with, right? And maybe you're here right now, you're not someone of faith, and you're asking that question. And the answer is, is, is in the scripture, that you were created by God on purpose, for purpose. And before you're called to do anything or serve anywhere or achieve anything, you're just called to be. Yeah. You're just called to be. And, and you know what? We learn this intuitively when we become parents. Because all of a sudden, like this couple that have a baby, you know, there's no baby and there's a baby. And you've never met this person. But nothing can separate them from you. They're yours. And there's this kind of tension of this, this awesome responsibility. But it's incredible privilege. This is my child. I look for excuses just to hold my baby. Because I look at it and it makes me smile. Think what a cute little baby. Oh my gosh, thank God you got a good looking mother. Otherwise this would be bad. <laughs> Otherwise he'd be an ugly little baby. But he's not, he's cute. That's how God looks at us. He just wants to make eye contact. 
He just wants to see us smile. And that's enough. Now I've got a 14 year old. And he's at a stage now where he's in secondary school. And he's going through exams. And he's achieving things. And he plays rugby. And a few weeks ago we were playing rugby together. I, I usually play tag, social tag on a Friday night. And he finished training. I said, I should jump in for a second. And he jumped in and he played. And I had this really weird moment where I stopped and said, That's my 14 year old son playing rugby with me. I am old. I am so old. You know, it's terrible. I mean, it's like, uh, what was that line in Star Wars Yoda used? He talked to Luke Skywalker. He says, We are what they grow past. That's what we are as parents. So when you have kids, you realize that all we become is a foundation for their future. You know, we give, we give ourselves, we sow ourselves into them. And nothing brings us greater pleasure than seeing our kids flourish. Listen to me. God is not angry at you. And God is not done with you. God wants to see you flourish. The application is very simple. If we're going to stay flourishing in life, we need to discover our meaning, our creator, and be in community. Second thing, very quickly then, is this. When we are planted, we stay fresh. We stay fresh, everybody. This refers to the state of being clean, new, and original. Fresh means we're clean, we're new, and we're original. The opposite of fresh is rotten. Stale is good. I'm going to go with rotten because it's in my notes. Uh, it's stale slash rotten. And we intuitively, intuitively know the difference between fresh and rotten. The other day I had this craving for an apple. You know what I'm saying? This all of a sudden, this craving came upon me. I was like, man, I just had this craving for an apple. You know, Not just any kind of apple. I wanted a pink lady apple. You know what I mean? And so I go to the kitchen. I'm looking around. My wife, you know, my wife's in South America. There's always fresh fruit and fresh everything in the house. So I'm looking around and I find the last pink lady. And I look at my grab and I go to turn it. And all of a sudden the thing has been there since last year. I mean, there's a small country going up the side of this apple. I mean, there's a little colony of bacteria who's just starting a new society. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And of course, even though half the apple is fine, and being my father's son, I did think about cutting half, either half. The fact that one half is bad means it's all bad. And so we toss it away. We understand the difference between fresh and rotten. But rotten doesn't just apply to fruit. It can apply to our lives, mentally, physically, spiritually. We can have rotten attitudes. Rotten thought patterns, rotten behaviors, and the thing about rotten attitudes, top behaviors, and patterns is that they're contagious. Everybody, if we're not careful, if we're not careful who we surround ourselves, if we're you know, passively surrounding ourselves with people who have a rotten attitude and a rotten spirit and a rotten outlook in life, we become like them. They don't become like us. And all of a sudden we start thinking things and saying things that aren't natural to us but sound like the person that we surround ourselves with. You don't have to be a genius to know this is not good, but it's always good to quote a genius. For it was Albert Einstein who said, stay away from negative people for they have a problem for every solution. <laughs> Without raising your hand, anyone know someone like that? Without raising your hand, are they sitting next to you right now? <laughs> Right? Stay away. This is a genius speaking. And even he can see that if we're not careful, no matter how much potential we have, that potency will be sucked away if we surround ourselves or plant ourselves in the wrong environment. God wants us to be fresh. To be fresh. To be new. To be renewed every single 
day, when things are uprooted, in other words, no longer planted, they eventually rot and die. We need to be planted and stay planted if we're going to stay fresh. And the challenge for us right now, speaking to only those who are people of faith, believers, Christ followers, is that we have to make an active choice in this storm. Yes, the soil is holding on to us, but we have to hold on to it too. Because society and pressures and COVID and pandemics is doing its best to rip us out of our foundation. God is fighting for us, but we got to meet him half. We got we to hold on to him as much as he is holding on to us. Because when we are planted, we stay flourishing and we stay fresh. Amen. The church, as I said, is a family. It's a faith community where we can belong, where we can become we can discover extraordinary purpose. Why? Because church is not just something you go to. Church is something you're part of. It's a clan, it's a family. But church is also an environment. A positive, life-giving, transformative environment. And it's not just an environment we sit and are entertained. It's an environment where we sit and encounter, stand and encounter God. A church is a space where, where the leadership figure out their, how they want to do service. Because let's be honest, every church has a liturgy. And a liturgy is something more than just a flow of service. You know, people somewhere in some room decide we're going to do X amount of songs, and then announcements, then we're going to have this fella from Navin come up and speak, you know. <laughs> Navin's on the road to Cavan, you know, and, uh, and whatever. That's fine, that's good because you have some, some kind of structure, right? Because you know, God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. However, all that the leadership are doing is trying to create moments. Moments where we can encounter God. Because if we come to church today and heard some, let me tell you something, the band were absolutely amazing. They weren't to go on. Absolutely fantastic. If we come and hear some great music and watch Tom sing Happy Anniversary and hear me try to talk to you about God and we walk in, that was it. It was all pointless. Complete and utter nonsense. But the minute the presence of God is in the room, everything changes. Because He is here. Moments matter. Because God can change everything in a moment. God changed my life in a moment. God still changes my life in moments. And what church does is church gives us regular, repeatable, and reliable environments for us and for our family where those moments are made possible. Because we need our kids to have those moments. We need our youth to have those moments. We need our young adults to have those moments. And what church does for us, what being rooted in the clan of church, is it creates these regular, repeatable, and reliable moments that if we're willing, we're open, we will encounter God. And we're going to stay fresh. we got to stay rooted. This is what the church is about. The church is about moments where we can be refreshed. And of course, it was the author and poet T.S. Eliot who said every moment is a fresh beginning. The application very simply then is this. If we're going to stay fresh in life, we need to be planted in environments where we can continually encounter God. Third and last one is simply this. When we are planted, we stay fruitful. We stay fruitful. Come on. We like fruit. Uh, God likes fruit. Jesus, when he went to look for a fig in a fig tree, didn't have fruit. wasn't very happy, right? We're told that he cursed it. God expects fruit. When God puts an investment in our lives, his spirit, his grace, his mercy. It may even just be the smallest, tiniest bit of fruit. That's okay. But God expects fruit. And we do too. Because a part of human flourishing and a part of human freshness is that we want our lives to matter, to make a difference. We want to make the world a better place by virtue of us being part of it. And what's so interesting is that in Scripture, fruitfulness 
and faithfulness are oftentimes placed in very similar categories. And fruitfulness and faithfulness both require commitment, concentration, and consistency. You think about those terms, commitment, concentration, and consistency. These are usually terms that we associate the highest form of human connection, intimacy. Because to have any kind of intimate, and I don't just mean intimately in terms of romantic intimacy, but even just friendship, or even being on a sports team, or being on a leadership team, wherever we're intimate with people, wherever we're really close, where we pass just the, the colleague level, and we're in brother and sister territory. I mean, relationships cannot function if there isn't commitment. Amen? Amen. Relationships cannot function if there isn't some sense of where you are focused, you're concentrated on this. And of course, they cannot function if they're not consistent because we don't want a husband or wife that's a husband and wife some other time or who are faithful some other time. Is that, is that uh, different down here in Cork? Okay. Well, where I come from, fidelity is all the time. Amen. Not just Monday to Friday, people. It's every single day. And this is important why? because our intimacy defines who we are. Because listen carefully, we are shaped by what we give ourselves to and we are shaped by who we surround ourselves with. See, we give ourselves to something. We think we're getting something out of it. Maybe we possibly are. But what we don't see is that it's actually an exchange happening. Where we're, we're giving away ourselves as much as we are getting something in return. You take that and put it in a certain environment. And all of a sudden, not only are we moving forward life, but we are being shaped into something. It was Heidi Baker, the Christian speaker and author, who said, All fruitfulness flows from intimacy. What does that mean? It means we don't have to work at being fruitful, but work at being faithful. Because when we work at being faithful, naturally, by definition, we become more fruitful. It was Francis Chan who said, there are periods that we forget in the pursuit of fruit that if we just abide in him, then fruitfulness is a guarantee. The application is simple. If we're going to stay fruitful in life, we need to be committed to being faithful to God in community and being firm in, I say a group of being, being connected somewhere in this thing called family. Let me finish with a story. A couple of years ago, my wife, you know, she goes through this period where she gets a green finger, as in she just has a desire to plant things. I don't really understand that. I cut things that are green, I, I mow the grass, she plants things. And one summer she decided to plant all these strawberries, right? She planted all these strawberries and no surprise, we had a bunch of kids. And so we forgot about them. And about two years went by, one day I was out there in winter doing something, and all of a sudden I realized that these strawberries had grown and produced fruit. And I thought, how strange is this? We, we had forgotten that the seed was even sown, but the strawberry was faithful. The strawberry was planted. It was flourishing. It was fresh. And even though it was forgotten, it was still fruitful. Hallelujah. I want to encourage right now, maybe you feel like you're forgotten. Maybe you think, man, no one really knows what I'm going through. I'm really struggling. Times are tough. Whatever. I want to encourage you. God sees you. I don't know what the future holds. No one does. Anyone who says they do is a liar. Let me tell you that right now. No one knows what comes next except God. But what I want to encourage you with, the word I want to bring across to you, what I feel the Holy Spirit is asking me to share, is that if we would stay planted in God's house, if we would stay planted in this clan, in this family of faith. doesn't matter how bad the storm is. doesn't matter how, how strong the wind blows, how high the waves are. doesn't matter what we're going through because the one that we're rooted in 
is stronger than what we're going through. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants Grace Church Cork to be flourishing, Amen. to have a freshness about it, Amen. and to be fruitful. Amen. We don't have to produce flourishing. We don't have to work hard at being fresh. We don't have to try to be fruitful. All God asks us to do is be faithful, Amen. be planted, Amen. and fruit will come. Amen. Amen. This time we're going to pray. So, Father, very simply, for every single person here, God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that your spirit would cause them to flourish today. Hallelujah. That they're in this room, so that means they're planted in this moment. And we know, God, that when you are present in any moment, all things are possible. Amen. Yes. We thank you for that wonderful quote, God, that we don't have to look behind or around or in or ahead, but look up to you. That, God, you are all that we need. Jesus. I speak over marriages right now. I speak over young people. I speak over careers. I speak over mental health. I speak over...